This is Ari Lehman, the first Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, and you are watching Fourth Cut Reviews because the fourth cut is the killer. The following program is for entertainment purposes only. Any similarities to this episode are merely coincidental. This is not a real court case, and no one's licensed by the bar. All rise for the dishonorable Christopher Cutforty. Thank you. Today, we will be hearing the case, The People versus Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th was released in 1980 and is directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Now, today, we will hear from the prosecution, E.J. Leeson, as well as the defense, led by Seamus Catton. I'd like to hear some opening remarks prosecution if you would like to come here and state your case or at least your opening thank you your honor good evening your honor members of the jury and audience at home my name is ej daddy leeson and i'm representing the prosecution in this case today my objective is to prove to everyone that friday the 13th directed by sean s cunningham is in fact a bad movie did it spawn sequels yes Movies that by and far surpass this movie. Not only will I present my reasons of prosecution, but today I will even provide evidence to further prove my statement before. Friday the 13th is a bad movie. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you very much. Now, Seamus. Thank you, Your Dishonorable. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between of the court, have you ever heard of a open and shut case? It's a very common law term. Any law and order junkie is familiar with it. Well, that's what we have today. An open and shut case. You don't have to be Judge Judy to see that. And my evidence will prove that. Today I'll be talking about a movie that brought a subgenre of horror into the spotlight. And dare I say, turned the genre of horror on its head. And spawned one of the most popular series in horror history. Now this movie is, ama is amazing to some, but blah to others. And mostly because Jason is not the killer. Hashtag spoiler. But this buddy camp movie turned teen massacre has spawned tons of sequels, a TV show. And in the words of, of his dishonor, they don't make sequels to bad movies. That is all. Thank you, Seamus, especially for using my words. I happen to remember that trial, The People versus Stephen King's It. When I was a prosecutor and I kicked your ass. Now. I want to object, but I don't think I can. <laughs> out of order. EJ, you may present your case. And Hello. sucking up will get you no points at all. Hello. Thank you, Your Honor, for allowing us to be here today. And hello, everyone on the jury and the audience listening at home. See, today I'm going to present my case. But I actually have more evidence to submit, so I'm going to keep my opening notes pretty short here. The opening title was Glass Shattering. Sure. Did it look amazing? Yes. It's the same thing that allowed Sean S. Cunningham to get funding for this movie. Does it look cheesy now? Yes. And let's just talk about how the trucker got real handy with our fake lead, Annie. Steve Christie. He's a weird dude. I like the lack of chemistry between him and Alice. It was outstanding to watch this 50-year-old guy 
pretend that he dated Alice. And I'm not sure his age, but he looks like he could have played her dad more than her love interest. And why does Alice's hair change every single scene? And I'm not just talking, like, throughout the movie. It's literally back-to-back -back scenes. It's not like, oh yeah, it's raining, her hair is, like, wet. Nope. If you watch that beginning, her hair style changes from real wavy to real short, and it's weird. And it's funny that Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham got into a huge legal battle over the script of this, because, like, who would really want credit for such a shitty script? I mean, I guess they both do, but I wouldn't. And so they kill off Annie, who we think is the main character. It's a nice surprise, but... It's not like something we've seen before. Oh, wait, we did. It was Psycho 1960. Oh, sorry about that, Sean S. Cunningham. And let's talk about Psycho for a second. Was it me or did Victor Miller just rip off Psycho and reverse the, the psychosis? Yeah, he did. He has where the mom is hearing Jason's voice telling her to kill these people. Hmm, interesting. Must have watched Psycho before writing this. And that poor snake. And I'll, I'll call on more about that snake in a second. But let's talk about Town Crazy. Ralph. Doomed. Probably the best part of this movie. And I'm going to give that to the defense. Yeah. He, if he was in this movie more, it probably would have been better. But he's not. And let's talk about the psycho cop dwarf. He's probably the most charismatic actor in this whole movie. And he's only in it for one scene. This movie has more than two scenes of people literally playing Monopoly. Wow, how interesting to take a movie and film a Monopoly game. Interesting. Steve really likes to hang out at the diner for hours upon hours. He goes there when it's literally morning when everyone's arriving and leaves at 10 o'clock at Objection, night. Objection, your honor. Where is this diner scene going? I'm telling you where it's going. Why was Steve at this diner for so many hours? What was he doing? He was just leaving all the camp counselors to do all his work while he left? Your Honor, he had a trailer on the back of his Jeep. He, was, clear he was clearly going to either fill that trailer with something. He was definitely moving something, hence the trailer. So he was definitely not at the diner the whole time. <laughs> Interesting. Can anybody give evidence either one way or the other? I don't have any, they don't write, they don't exactly oh, tell you. Now let's talk about the Foley work for the footsteps in this movie. It's way off. Was Steven in, in the same movie? Ugh. I've never seen a movie reference a generator more in my life. Not just the characters, but the closed captions as well. Yes, if you watch this movie with closed captions, it mentions the generator <laughs> whirring many many times could this movie be any longer i don't know but i do have to agree that pamela Voorhees that turn was pretty dope now on to the evidence i submitted your honor evidence a this is from exhibit your honor not evidence <clears throat> oh exhibit a this is from screen rant the original sucks the acting is really bad alice is the worst heroine of any slasher and by far the least likable the kills don't make any sense after the reveal. Evidence B. The original inspiration was Halloween. In 1978, 
producer and director Sean Cunningham was looking for a model on which to build a commercially successful film, and he found one in John Carpenter's horror classic, Halloween. Objection, Your Honor. Who are these jabronis giving out these reviews? Are they anybody of relevance? This is uh, legit facts that you can find not only on um, the website here of uh, Mental Floss, but you can also find it on IMDb. Your Honor, this is just one man's opinion. These are real facts that you should know about the movie. So far, I've heard a little bit. Of, I'm, I'm going to sustain it. Only I'm going to sustain one part of it and let you go on the other. The facts on Halloween is a fact. I will allow it in the case. The part where he is speaking Screaming. about Alice, that is really just hearsay. One person's opinion. I will strike it. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, this is actual proven fact. Again, on here and also IMDb. For the scene in which Bill, Harry Crosby, is killed by multiple arrows, Tom Savini used a fake blood formula that included a wedding agent called Photoflow. And unfortunately, Photoflow is not an ingredient used for safe blood, meaning blood that is going to be encountering the face of an actor. So, with that being said, one actor was temporarily blinded by that fake blood. And that would be Harry Crosby. Yeah, how is... I think he's helping me. I am. Crosby had to be taken to the hospital for treatment because it was a surface. It surface burned, uh, Harry. Tom Savini has said, "Not a proud moment." Now I would like to go to my last piece of evidence, sir, and this is all from IMDb, which is, of course, true facts about the film. Betsy Palmer said. If it were not for the fact that she needed a desperate need of a new car, she would never have accepted the role of Pamela Voorhees. In fact, she read the script and called it, the movie, a piece of shit. And over the years, however, Palmer did warm up to the film. Objection. What are you objecting? Your Honor, who is this... I'm sorry. Betsy what, Palmer? Be, who is Betsy Palmer? What credit does she have? Is she, is she a, a Your Honor, recognized uh, film critic? <laughs> Your Honor, it is the actress who played uh, Pamela Voorhees. She could be some bum from Hoboken. Nope, uh, that's um, <laughs> Betsy that, Palmer from the film. That was a terrible objection. <laughs> Overruled. Victor Miller admitted that he purposely was writing the success of John Carpenter's Halloween when writing this film. And director Sean S. Cunningham even approached Halloween producer... Erwin Yoblins to produce the film, but he declined as he wasn't interested in doing another horror film. Next on my evidence, Sean S. Cunningham has been quoted as saying that the type of actors that he sought for the film were good-looking kids who you might see in a Pepsi commercial, not the talented type. Hmm, pretty interesting to go that route. Betsy Palmer and the rest of the cast spoke at a Friday the 13th 30th anniversary conference which captured in the recent documentary, Crystal Lake Memories, the complete history of Friday the 13th. At the conference, Palmer said that when she first read the script by Victor Miller, she said, what a piece of shit, and threw the script across the room into the trash. Palmer said she then thought about it, and she didn't need money for a new car, and the movie would probably come and go very quickly, and no one would ever see it. And then it would be quickly forgotten interesting facts here the next the scene with the snake was not in the script and was an idea from tom savini 
after an experience in his own cabin during filming. The snake was in the scene was real, including its on-screen death. The snake that got killed wasn't a snake the crew found in the woods, but a pet and animal performer. The person who owned the animal wasn't told it would get killed. Tom Savini asked if he could borrow it. However, there was no PETA around on the film set, meaning they actually took a machete to a real live snake. Allegedly, the owner was standing on the set watching and sobbing when this happened. Victor Miller admitted that he wrote the script in about two weeks and very late in production. But interestingly, Miller never went to summer camp when he was a kid. Even so, the screenplay served mostly as an inspiration as many scenes were improvised on set. So I'm glad he's fighting in the court of law to uh, take credit for a movie that seemed uh, on here mostly improvised. Now, screenwriter Victor Miller and Sean Kingham have admitted they were ripping off Halloween, as I said before. And this was actually nominated for Razzie for the worst movie of that year. Interestingly enough, and finally, most of the people involved in the original movie thought it was just a cash grab. A quick way to make money, including director Sean Cunningham, Victor Miller, Janine Taylor, and Betsy Palmer, the star of the movie who played Mrs. Voorhees, the killer, just for your information. Both Cunningham and Palmer said in an interview that they were just trying to pay bills, and that's why they made this movie. None of them had much respect for the integrity and artistry of the story they were creating. It was an obvious self-aware attempt to rip off and cash in on the Halloween phenomenon. And most people thought that few people would see this movie. Thank you, Your Honor. That's all I have. Thank you very much for that. Now, Seamus, I will hear your rebuttal. Thank you, Your Dishonorable. Now, we heard a lot from the prosecution. He was going on and on, you know, and I honestly fell asleep a little bit, so I might not have a lot here to rip off let's talk about he says it looks cheesy now i mean the movie came out in 1980 and yeah were there better made movies in 1980 of course but the budget that was given for this film it shows that it wasn't made on a huge budget but with that said i think there were also things that they used on that low budget that made it good the way they used the, some of the camera work. But I will go into that later. The hair change. Who the hell cares? Yeah, there's going to be continuity errors in all movies. You can't watch a movie and there not be some kind of error. You know that movies aren't all done in one take, right? That's just kind of the nature of the beast. So yeah, maybe they're all different takes and her hair's different. You know, yeah, that's a little thing you notice. But doesn't really take away from a movie. Ripped off Psycho. I I don't know if he knows the definition of ripping off or if is it ripping off or is this an inspiration? It was it inspired by just like with Halloween. He said it was ripped a rip off of Halloween. Movies like Halloween. Attention, Your Honor, I didn't say that. Uh, the director and the writer of the film said that. Sustained. Let me uh, alliterate that then. The evidence he showed, people stated that this was a rip off. But movies like Halloween and Psycho had to walk so movies like Friday the 13th could run. And yeah, you might call that ripping off, but maybe they're just inspired by a movie they watched at a young age that said, hey, this is why I want to make movies. I want to do that. He talks about how 
Mrs. Voorhees said that this movie, pardon my French, was a piece of shit. Well, Donald Pleasance also said the same thing about Halloween. And yeah, there's tons of actors who do things that they don't like. I've been in plays where I played a role and I said, you know, I don't know if I really like that role. But I did that role and I did it to the best of my ability. Just because at first read you think it's a piece of shit doesn't take away from the general impact of that movie. Uh, the snake death. Who cares? It's just a snake. Objection, Your Honor. On what grounds? Um, people love animals, and especially the uh, handler was misled, and I think that is important to say. Someone did care, and it was that snake handler. Snake, the snake's family. Your Honor, snakes are not animals, they're reptiles. Sustained. Next point, Cabin. Your Honor, I changed my mind. It's actually really sad. Okay, Seamus, now if you would like to approach the bench once again and give us your argument. Thank you, Your Dishonor. People of the court, I want to bring your attention to the finer things we can all see about the original Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th impacted the horror genre in many ways. The special effects by Tom Savini were a standing touch and unlike anything we've ever seen before. Now, there is a lot of good acting and some names that you may know. Perhaps, oh, I don't know, Mr. Footloose himself, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's character provided one of the best and most realistic death scenes in cinematic history. This also kickstarted and paved the way for films like Sleepaway Camp and other summer camp slashers. Now, growing up, we have seen the Jason Voorhees mask parodied in many things, cartoons, I'm sure Tiny Toons Adventures, and, and all across I'm cinema. Your Honor, relevance. Your Honor, this Sustained. is... Your Honor, this has been... You see Friday the 13th mentioned in all across cinema, but where, in some form, a poster, a quick throwaway reference. It's all over the cinema, Your Honor. I will overrule it, but I will strike the Jason hockey mask reference. That has no bearings on this case. Okay. Uh, now, this film also generates multiple sequels that mostly took place in Crystal Lake, then New York, and then space. Now, the things I personally enjoyed about this movie, and I'm sure you did as well, is the film score slash original score. Now, it was done by a Harry Manfredini. The music was eerie and set to a tone for it. Uh, you can see the filmmakers were heavily inspired by Psycho, as I mentioned before, and as the prosecution brought up that it was ripping off uh, Psycho. Evidence here shows that when she is talking to Jason and talking for Jason, um, quick, that is a reference to Psycho. You can see the filmmakers were heavily inspired by Psycho and uh, Mrs. Voorhees and Jason's psychosis having Mrs. Voorhees channel her son, Jason, to drive her to do revenge. The directing and cinematography was outstanding. The shot of Alice running from Mrs. Voorhees was shot beautifully using the black as a backdrop. Or the shots used of Mrs. Voorhees stalking around the camp with the musical score that I mentioned before set a very eerie and suspenseful scene. Let's talk about the lake. There's the final shot of Alice, and then it does this cool fade out, and it fades into Camp Crystal Lake, and the lake is calm and peaceful. After a night of murder and massacre, revenge, there is calm in the water. Nature goes on, 
as if nothing happened. Now, I don't have the evidence of reviews and because I don't need that. When you think horror, I don't need that evidence of reviews or people's opinions because I don't care what Betsy Palmer said. I don't care what somebody from uh, Kalamazoo says about this movie. You see, when you think of horror movies, who do you think of? You think of Michael. You think of Freddy. Jason? I think so. Okay, Seamus, thank you. I'd like to hear your rebuttal, prosecution, to the case that Seamus just stated. Thank you, Your Honor. I appreciate your time. So, yes, I would like to give a rebuttal to what the defense just said. The defense doesn't care about continuity. Well, continuity has to walk so movies can run into good filmmaking, to quote you. Inspired by Psycho, or was it stealing from Psycho like the filmmakers admitted to stealing from Halloween? I also have to bring up this. I admit the sequels are great. In fact, every single one was better than this movie. The key ingredient was hockey mask, machete wielding, Jason Voorhees, the true face of the series. Objection, Your Honor. He has no relevance to this movie. Overruled. Sit down, Cadden. He has no. He's not even in this movie. Overruled. He's only mentioned. You, not, he, well, he, he's responding to you bringing him into this case. Okay. Jason Voorhees, the true face of the series, who Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham had no hand in, and what truly made this series successful. Now, the defense admitted liking the darker shot scene. I would like to call those poorly lit scenes. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you very much. Okay, well, I've heard now your rebuttal. Now, prosecution, would you like to give me your final argument? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you for your precious time, Your Honor. And this is my closing statement. Thank you for your precious time. Time. What is time? but a precious commodity. Time isn't to be wasted, but rather cherished and used suitably. Well, watching this film is the opposite of that. It's a giant waste of time. The director clearly only made this movie in hopes of financial gains and basically admitted to copying John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes, am I driving that home? Yes, and the reason why is because it's important. Because this shows uh, the lack of creativity and ingenuity that most people should have when creating film. Ingenuity. Betsy Palmer literally took the role to buy a car. Crew killed a live snake on film. A live snake owned by a pet owner who literally sobbed on set. And let's not forget that poor Adrian King, the star of this film, was stalked by a fan after this movie, terrorizing her. In short, do I love Jason Voorhees and the sequels this produced? Yes. But is this a good movie? No. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Your Dishonorable. Now today we heard a lot, the good, the bad, and the ugly truth. For what is what, that is for you to decide. Today I presented to you a movie deemed a classic, where the continuity errors, yes. Reviews, not so good. Yes, but you get that with any movie. Now, is this my favorite movie of, of all of them? Not entirely. But it doesn't mean I don't like it. Just because there's things wrong with it. 
And there were things that I couldn't even scratch. That I didn't even scratch the surface of this movie. And I wish I had. But this would be a three hour long case. With that said. Friday the 13th the original. Took a crazy concept. Made it work. Who expected the mom to be the killer? Not me. And if you haven't heard the beginning. Hashtag spoiler alert. This movie spawned many sequels. And even a spinoff slash crossover with Freddy Krueger. So clearly this movie did something right to inspire all the sequels. Even my favorite, Jason X, with my best friend, Kane Hodder. Love you, Kane. Now, I'm not even going to touch the snake. I'm not. I'm, I'm done with the snake. Friday the 13th paved the way for horror in a way and on a budget and made it work. Yeah, did they rip off? Sure. But everybody rips off in some way or shape or form. That's just how the cinema world works. Now, you can also argue and say everybody ripped this movie off. All those other slash camp slasher movies. Or the American Horror Story where it's the like an 80s slasher film. I really hope that you guys see what I see in this movie. A cinematic masterpiece. Thank you, that's all. Thank you, everyone. I will retire to my chambers, and I will be back with my verdict. Daryl? The judge will take a short recess, and when we return, they will render their verdict. Thank you guys very much. I want to thank both of you guys for presenting wonderful cases. I did have a hard time making my decision. I'm sure the jury will have an equally hard time coming up with the decision. But one statement in a closing remarks really stood out to me. And it was the question of, is this borrowing inspiration from, as the defense has maintained, or is it ripping off, as the defense has changed it to in his closing remarks? because the defense has argued that it drew inspiration from and then changed it to ripping off. Defense did bring up a good point with the ripping off of further sequels as well. So it was a very hard decision, but I am going to rule in favor of the prosecution. Thank you very much. Your objection is in your pocket. (laughs) Contempt of court. (laughs) Contempt of court. Bailiff, please remove the defender. Viewers, the case is not over. Head over to Fourth Cut Review's Instagram and cast your vote on who won the trial. Remember to put away your biases and vote for the person who made the best case and see if you agree with the judge's rule.